This is Developer SideQuest, the podcast, the show that highlights the different ways we all level up our software development skill set. I'm your party leader, Al Rodriguez, and today we're chatting with another character, Vincent Tang. Hi, Vincent. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. How are you? Good, sir. Yeah, pretty good. So everyone, Vincent is a dwarven elementalist that spends his days building tools to make his life easier. His full-time role now is developing Water Fortress Design Contract Wizardry, water park design contract software. But previously, he worked as an architect, ran a tool store, and did research in great metal foundries. As any dwarf, he's good with any tools, but as an elementalist, he likes to think outside the box. He likes to min-max his build set and focus mostly in his wisdom stat tree. So sometimes he spends too much time overthinking things. He writes things about new techniques he learns on vincentntang.com. All right, Vincent, that is a, a pretty cool bio. I, I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a D&D nerd. I played a lot of games growing up. I played... I played uh, Neverwinter Nights growing up as well. I played some D&D. I played a lot of MMOs, a lot of RPGs, and I, I am kind of nerdy as well. So that's just that's just kind of that perspective. That's why I wrote that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it was, it was perfect. Yeah, and you can you can definitely tell that you've you have that uh, that experience uh, playing those games. Cool. So uh, so welcome onto the show, and uh, so tell us about your your quest. So I. Uh, I have the the GitHub link up here for an application you uh, are working on called Flash Notes. So go ahead and uh, tell us about this. Okay, do you want me to tell it to you in as role play as possible, or just like in just the <laughs> standard tone? <laughs> no, no, you don't. You don't have to go uh, too crazy with it. It's uh, uh, it, it can be hard to to uh, you know, pull in all of those those references oh. just on the fly. So you I got I'm it. not I'm not gonna force you to. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> well okay. So so kind of the application that I'm building out right now is called Flash Notes. Um so kind of how I started like so so kind of give you an overview of what it is and kind of like why I'm, why I'm building it currently. It is an application that combines two things that I currently use all the time. One is note taking platform um applications and also a flashcard a flashcard tool set so um to kind of give an overview of, of what both of those software packages do a note-taking application and something like evernote OneNote, um workflowy uh, google keep there's like hundreds of those right um on the flashcard and, and they use um notes for a variety of different reasons you use it for say keeping track of your code snippets, keeping track of, you know, daily meeting notes, keeping track of things you learn, notes that you take in class, et cetera. And I use that every day for, for those purposes. But um, for me, as someone that's kind of like pursuing the whole software fields and, and also web development, it's it gets very difficult to keep track of all the things that I learn in my everyday life when it comes to development. Maybe it's something new at work or something new I learned on YouTube. And I use another application called Anki, which is for flashcards. It's kind of something like if you're, you know, if, if, if you're going to school, right, and you're studying like engineering or pre-med or biology, and you have to memorize a lot of different facts about a specific subject, you'll make flashcards, right? And the front of the card will say, hey, this is the question, and in the back will say the answer, right? And then you can refresh your knowledge to kind of help you and aid you learn in that topic. That makes sense. 
So flash nerfs is a combination of both of those. Oh, okay. So th this actually seems uh, so really, really useful. So as far as using it goes, so um, I'm already thinking of uh, of a use that I have for for this kind of application um, at work right now. Uh, the the group of us on our team we're we're all kind of trying to get uh, a certification right now, and so um, you know we're all kind of doing our own study materials and and something I've never really used as often as you know something like uh, flashcards or anything like that. And it's it's something I. I really got to uh, remind myself just how useful those are because every time I do use them I, I just remember how useful they actually are so um, this would probably be a, a great uh, type of application to go ahead and start using it so is this something where you as the user you just kind of put in your notes and um, is it like one UI and then does it turn does it turn the notes into flashcards or, or how is that, how does that relationship work within the application? So, so traditionally the way I'd kind of describe it to people to kind of get a better perspective, everyone, most developers have gone to school and college with some degree, right? And you've probably taken a math class, let's say, or something that's theoretical or something that's more practical. And you'll write your notes out kind of outlining whatever the professor is saying or whatever if you're watching just like a, a course online, either on paper or on computer, and then you'll translate those notes afterward into flashcards. So it's a two-step process because you have to write your notes and then you have to translate it afterward. And that context of switching from one application to another kind of leads to a lot of wasted time. And it also makes it in such a way that you don't know the relationship between those two apps right does that make sense yes yeah that makes a lot of sense okay so so basically in this application you'll write your notes out and then it'll automatically generate flashcards that way what you learn and, and what you perceive is exactly what you get out of it got it all right so that, that makes a lot of sense that's this is a this sounds like a really useful uh, really nice useful project um so I'm looking at your readme right now that you have on on GitHub for the project. And first of all, this is a, a very beautiful readme. I love it. You oh, talk you. about why it's useful, how to get started, how to install it. You even have a roadmap here of of uh, of uh, features that you're you're going to be adding to the application. This is great. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a pseudo roadmap because as you edit readmes, it, it gets kind of messy to maintain. But I wrote it initially just as a way to like think about the whole process of how I want to build it out and kind of like things like routing, things like uh, things like what type of what the data scheme is going to look like, um, what the data model will look like as well, and as well as like the front end and back end integration. So it's it, it's it's a work in progress. And I've also described something called um, there's an actual algorithm describing the process of of how flashcards actually work. So flashcards um, use something called the spaced repetition learning effect. And I kind of want to at least describe what that is to you. That way you have a better understanding of what it is. So have you ever learned a topic and then it, it was hard for you to learn it the first time around, then you learn it the second day or your fresh knowledge the second day, and then it's like kind of cemented your mind afterward. And then you refreshed it like the fourth day and then like the eighth day. And then at this point in time, you, you start to finally understand or remember like that concept. 
And that concept could be anything simple. Uh, that concept could be as simple as like memorizing a CSS selector class, or it could be memorizing like a, a mathematical formula. It could be memorizing a, like a word in Japanese, right? It could be a lot of different things, but it, it's modular. And it, as you refresh that knowledge over and over again, it starts becoming a long-term memory uh, synapse in that sense, right? Where you actually if you, you if you spend enough time investing into learning it, you'll remember it for a long time. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, yeah. So so the the idea behind this algorithm is it just kind of um, strategizing or I guess maximizing the the uh, feedback that I, or maybe not feedback is the right word, but basically maximizing actually memorizing the, this type of stuff based yeah. on the time. It, okay. it's it's an optimized learning routine for spending the least amount of time to retain the most amount of information um it's it flashcards aren't really designed for for learning a new application it's after you learned it and you want to retain that information long term that's when you use flashcards ah the reminder gotcha okay so i i see um i see a link right here in your readme uh it's called super memo is that what uh is that yeah. what this is? So, yeah, so there is an actual algorithm that describes that learning process. And how it works is, like I said, you refresh the knowledge. You learn the topic first, and then you refresh the topic periodically. And as you refresh it more often, you can refresh it over a longer duration of time. And, and so you start off like one day, you refresh it, then three days, then seven days, then 20 days, then three months, then one year. And you do that for a large range of topics. So you retain a lot of information. And this algorithm is described by a scientist that invented it in the 1990s. Um, he did a couple of experiments on it. There's a whole mathematical formula describing. There's actually a couple of different algorithms. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the gist of how it works. Oh, okay. So this is a... Uh, uh whole new topic <laughs> i'm just learning about for uh interesting way to to memorize things i i might kind of go down a rabbit hole reading about this because this is uh definitely one of those things that's super interesting to me but uh cool all right let's go let's get back to the application here to uh to your um uh flash notes application so i see your your code is as far as you know root level here in github uh you have two folders uh one called backend and one called front end so from what i can tell this is a react application Yep. Um, can you can you tell me more, I guess, about the the tech stack and how it's built? Uh, you know, what 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 was involved with that? You know, different technologies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so this uses a Mern stack app, which is Mongo Express React Node. So on the front end, it is React. There's also a Redux as well on the front end. Actually, I don't think I implemented Redux yet in the application. On the back end, there is Node. Express and MongoDB. MongoDB is the actual database. It's in a NoSQL form. And in terms of the data model that you're looking at on the back end, um, I did write an API spec stuff that kind of clarifies what each route does and what each request made to the back end will look like and, and what information comes from the MongoDB instance. So there's, there's a couple of different tables that you have to think about when you're thinking about merging a flashcard application and then a note-taking application. And the first thing is you have to have notes. You have to have cards, right? Those are the two most important things. 
and they're related to each other because when you create notes, you're also generating cards as well. But you have to store those cards in a folder of sorts, which is actually called a deck, kind of like a deck of cards. And then you have a user's profile. So that's the most simplest data schema possible. And that's just what I'm starting off with and kind of how I'm rolling with it. Gotcha. Okay, cool. And so um, currently, as far as this application is written, uh, I'm assuming based off of what you said, is it uh, pretty much meant to just kind of be run locally on your machine, really? Um, or is it actually set up in a way that, you know, maybe someday you can or someone else who just takes this, this code to try to run it for, for themselves, can they run it on a, a server? Or is it uh, pretty much not in the state for that yet? Um, everything I'm doing right now is currently locally. You can deploy it yourself and then run through the installation commands. But until I get to the point where I refine more of the actual front-end and back-end integration, as well as a lot of the styling, it's not yet ready for production. I'm eventually going to deploy it to an actual uh, an actual server where users can actually log in, create cards themselves, and I'll store it in the database. But as of now, it's mostly just on a non-production database kind of like a prototype database, if that makes sense. That oh, yeah. Is, is it designed to handle a lot of a lot of data, and it's on a free tier. So eventually I'm going to move over to something that's, that's more robust, that actually can serve the request faster, that would be easier to manage, add some unit testing, add some continuous integration test, um, and kind of go from there and possibly even monetize it once I feel like it's good enough in a state that it can actually be monetized. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's, it's a work in progress. Cool. That makes sense. Uh, as you were going through this process, you know, starting the application, I guess, you know, even from you know conception of the idea until now. Um, so what have you learned? Uh, did anything surprise you kind of out of the blue that you just weren't expecting? Um, did this turn out to be anything uh, different from what you were expecting when you were making the application? So I haven't really built anything completely on the full stack with React and Node.js. And this was like my first project to kind of emphasize the entire stack all the way. Um, and some things that, that kind of came up, at least, at least from my standpoint, that things that like issues I actually came across is, I don't know like how to define my different routing structure exactly per se. Like you're gonna have cards, you have notes and I, and, and you're going to have unique IDs for each card and for each note, right? But I, I've been looking at different, different implementations online of how different note-taking apps actually implement routing, and it's all different across every application I've seen. So, <laughs> so it, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of something I'm learning a little way. And then also um, with, with React especially, styling is kind of, very hard to wrap my head around, especially if you're designing each component first. I mean, designing the logic and the component um, component structure and the folder structure isn't too bad, but putting everything together in a nice, clean format where you actually can see where each style gets in here, each style and each component kind of forms the entire app gets kind of confusing, at least to me. Um, I'm used to just doing traditional jQuery apps and just throwing everything up there and satellizing it, then hooking up logic after. So um, it's different. Oh yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, once you get to any 
you know, decently sized, medium to large application. Um, doesn't matter what language you're using. Any kind of plumbing, internal application plumbing that has to happen, that's that's where things always get difficult, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like naming things. There's that, <laughs> That's its own uh, fun, scary uh, issue. I, that, my, uh, favorite, my favorite tool is a thesaurus. I use that on the every day. <laughs> Let me, let me find a good name for this. I don't want to like, like for instance, I might be baking like a CSS grid component or sorry, a grid component, but I don't want to call it grid because that, that I might namespace it for something else. Right. So I'll call it a mesh, which is the closest, to, the closest synonym to the word grid. Huh. You know, I never thought about that before. I might uh, steal that idea or write that down. Okay. So if you're, if you're pressing Control F and you're like, "Hey, let me find all the instances of the word grid," like, wait, now I'm seeing CSS grid properties across all my files. Like, I really should be looking up the word mesh because the, the word mesh is only namespaced in so many files. <laughs> cool. Okay. <laughs> um. All right, so I mean, this is a this is a pretty cool nifty application you've got going here. I'm I'm liking it. I like it. Um, so let's talk about you. So how did you you become a an elementalist class essentially? You know, you uh, I've seen in your your uh, bio here. You you talked you worked as as an architect. You ran a tool store. So how do you? Um, I don't know. Did you make that transition to software development, or have you kind of always been at least interested in in that in that technology kind of side of things? So the Elementalist is just another word that I describe as software developer, right? Kind of someone that does wizardry for a living or software in a sense. But kind of how I got started into into development is actually building my own um, tools and scripts for popular note-taking apps, and as well as for for actual um, database software as well. And I wrote a couple plugins for a company called Airtable. Um, I don't know if you heard of that company before, but essentially what they do is they are a cloud solution that merges Google spreadsheets plus Microsoft access, right? Imagine if you took the best of both of those worlds, Google spreadsheets and Microsoft access and combined it together and they had a baby that is Airtable. Um, it's a consumer friendly database that anyone can pick up. So you don't have to be a developer. And I wrote plugins for them, and I actually had a couple hundred users, actually a thousand users right now, that currently use it in their day-to-day operations for backing up and renaming image assets from Amazon S3. Um, so that's kind of like my biggest side project I've ever built that's actually in production. And I recently got featured on their vlog as well. And they're a billion-dollar company, so that's kind of a big deal for me. Oh, yeah, congrats. <laughs> yeah, so that that's kind of how I got into development is just kind of thinking about things that I need in my life, things I could build myself that can I can use every day to kind of improve things at work. Maybe I need to take better notes. Maybe I need to to have different tools for backing up assets online. That's kind of how I got started into development is just thing building things for myself and then moving on from there. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a, a great way to, to you know, always to learn new things too, right? Um, you know, that's that's also how I learn things. Like I, uh, I always have a difficult time 
uh, trying to learn something just for the sake of learning it. But if I have a project in mind, it's definitely a lot easier to, to push myself in that direction. So I see we, we have uh, similar mindsets there. Cool. Oh, definitely. So uh, I saw in your, your bio, you mentioned that you uh, kind of focus more on your, on your wisdom. Um, so what, uh, what exactly do you mean by that? Yeah, so I am actually a core contributor for a couple of different couple of different I don't know how to describe it. It's not publications, it's resources out on the web. So if you ever have you ever used Mozilla Developer Network for reading up, you know, things related to JavaScript? Uh every so often. Not as often as I should because their documentation is amazing. Well, yeah, I actually wrote some of the documentation. Oh, awesome. All right. If, if you looked up the the word ternary operator in in Mozilla Developer Network right now, and you were to go to like the first major example, I don't know if you're looking at it right now, um, ternary operator in MDN. There is this pristine example, and it says, um, it says if our age is equal to 26 and var beverage is equal to age greater than 21 question mark beer colon juice console.log beverage i don't know if you see that example it's the first example on there <laughs> yeah i'm looking at it right now i wrote that when i was 26 <laughs> <laughs> all right and it's still around cool yeah i'm gonna ask you your age but i'm assuming it's a few years at least I was like two years ago. I got bored oh, okay. one day. I'm just like, hey, why don't I just edit this document? The documentation on this website isn't that great. And this was before they had their, their, um, they did a rebrand of their site. So this was before that happened. And actually, I wrote a few other documents on there. So if you look up some obscure JavaScript methods, I might be the only, my example might be the only example on that page. <laughs> <laughs> but what you've done there is still super useful to, a ton of people, I'm sure, right? And that's that's one of the things I love about a lot of documentation sites now that are are kind of growing to become a little bit more open in accepting those requests to you know get the data for it. So um, hopefully someday we won't have the uh, the horrible documentation that we see at uh, you know some companies and some products that kind of stuff. Also, but, um, another example related to the wisdom stat tree. So I, I do tend to overthink things a lot, and I always tend to. I like I like trying out new software packages all the time and seeing what's out there in in, in the market and kind of get a better perspective of how people how different people do things. So I am a core contributor of a place called alternative2.net. So I add all sorts of different alternative software packages out there. So let's say if you're looking up an alternative to Evernote um, and you find something like OneNote or Workflow or whatever, um, there's a good chance that I added some of those packages onto the site. And um, not that specific example, but just other examples as a reference point. And um, I'm active in a lot of different communities, Product Hunts, Y Combinator, um, and a few other places. And it's just a way for me to at least understand how understand how things work in the world, I guess and kind of see what software packages might be useful in my life or at work. Yeah. You, so, so you uh, keep yourself really busy and uh, uh, in a, in a really productive way, which is, you know, great for, 
you know, the whole society. That's awesome. Thank you for the help. <laughs> I, I try to keep everything I learn on Stack Overflow. Like every stupid question I've had, I just throw it up there. Or something maybe like if I've learned something from just doing something that I couldn't find online, I'll, I'll, I'll make either a blog post about it or I'll actually put it as an answer to the main question on whatever place I found it at. Um, yeah, I just try to leave things better off than, than, than what I came or what I, what it was previously, like leave a better documented world, I guess you'd say is kind of how I see myself or how I kind of try to help the community out. Cool. Well, Hey, that's, that's how we all grow as a society. So awesome. All righty. So what's, uh, what's next for you? As far as you know, this application goes, or anything else, or are you uh, still working on this application for now? Are you taking a hiatus, etc. I've been taking a hiatus just because I recently got contracted to work at a company that designs uh, water park design contract software. So I'm starting on May 28th, and I'm kind of just prepping myself up to that point to to make sure I'm comfortable with all the technology that they're using. And before I want to do that, I need to update my entire blog and re-theme everything from scratch. I'm actually building a Gatsby JS um, site right now for, for that and migrating over from WordPress. So that's kind of occupying my time right now. Cool. Well, hey, more side quests. We all we all have a bunch of them, right? So cool. It's, well, a, it's a critical side quest that I have to finish before, before I start the other major uh, quest line. <laughs> gotcha. And, then, and yeah. then this side quest is kind of like an ongoing whenever I have free time side quest. It's kind of like your 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 daily grind, I guess you could say, or, or almost like month monthly quest. <laughs> it's always it's recurring, basically. Pretty much. <laughs> gotcha. Cool. All right. So I think uh I think we're we're good. I think we can go ahead and call it. Uh before we close out, do you have anything else you want to plug? Uh your personal website? Um, anything else? Any other projects you have on GitHub or something? Um, no, just just that project is fine. You can just look up my profile on Vincent and Tang. That's actually what I use for everything: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Gmail. So I just tell people Vincent and Tang at everything, just to keep it simple. <laughs> no, that's that's good. That that definitely makes it a, a lot easier. Well, awesome. I'll go ahead and make sure that we have. Uh, links and all of that stuff in the show notes so if anyone's listening and they want to find you on uh, twitter or your blog or anything like that just go ahead uh find the the show notes and start clicking those links so uh vincent good luck on your future quests and uh maybe someday we'll have you back to show off all the cool loot you've plundered until next time everyone you can find this show on twitter we are at dev sidequests or you can go to our website de- uh, developersidequestpodcast.com and if you could please rate the show in whatever pod listening enchantment you subscribe to uh please do that too all feedback is welcome um in addition to that I'm always looking for guests to be on the show. So if you have a side quest you've recently started or completed or just want to talk about it all, uh, you know where to find us on Twitter. Now go work on a quest. <laughs> <laughs>